Hey there, welcome to another what I'm going to call a preview show for tomorrow's Impact and Wednesday's AEW Dynamite. Um, I don't want these episodes to be too organized. Nevertheless, I do have several points I want to make. Um, I was going to do a show that explained how I got into wrestling last year and kind of where I'm coming from, which is totally different from basically everyone else in wrestling media, and of course, that's the case. I'm left-wing, I'm poor, and up until last year, I really despised wrestling, thanks to the WWE. But, never you mind that, let's just go right into these news stories, get to the cards coming up, and then say adieu. I will do that special episode sometime this week, probably. Anyway, let's start with... A little news from Impact, and we're going to get into some big AEW topics. Unfortunately, there's less to talk about with Impact. That's okay, though. The important thing, and I noticed this looking through fucking iTunes, the important thing is I'm talking about Impact at all, right? And I'm kind of on a wave of people starting to talk about Impact again, but this is a brand new podcast. A brand new podcast started in part because I had watched the Slammiversary, and I was like, you know what? This shit is good, right? And it was on a whim. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a podcast on Anchor.fm. I'm going to do as little work as possible and just have fun ranting about wrestling because I have so many opinions. And uh, Twitter is not helpful with that. But um, let's get to this news. Um, so it's barely news, but it's interesting nonetheless. Um, FTR and, and uh, the North want to fight each other. And the executive vice president of Impact, Scott Demora says that he and the impact uh, and impact are very interested. In fact, to quote the whole thing, I mean, FDR just says something about how great they are because they're always fucking saying that. And then Ethan Page, who I've interacted with online, he's a cool guy. Uh, this is why we need to work ASAP. And FTR is like, I'm begging you, we need to talk to our bosses. And then Scott Demora comes in and says, I can assure you that Impact Wrestling supports making this happen. And uh, so, let's talk about that. I would love to see uh, FTR and the North fight, mainly because uh, the North kind of plays what FTR... The North is what FTR claims to be. They do old school wrestling more, they don't do as many flips and stuff, and regardless of what might have happened with FTR in WWE, and certainly regardless of the persona they put on, the gimmick they have, they don't really... They don't really wrestle like that, guys. Come on. They do sometimes, uh, but they also do some flips and shit. Um, and that might be as a result of going to AEW. I have no idea. But uh, the North is better. And incidentally, I love flips and shit. We've talked about this. I'm just talking about in the context of the FTR gimmick persona. Anyway, I would love to see this. Uh, the bigger deal for me, regardless, fuck all this other shit, is I would love to see more fucking cooperation amongst the promotions. See, I'm a new fan. I didn't uh, watch wrestling. I maybe did a couple times when I was a child. Uh, back when the WCW existed and when possibly other territories still existed. I didn't watch it, okay? So I'm not from that NWA era. But I like the idea... Let's just call it a cartel. I like the idea of a cartel of several independent promotions much, much, much more than an outright monopoly, right? But let's not even go that far. Let's just say more cooperation. Obviously, there is cooperation amongst the um, 
the uh, promotions. Ring of Honor has a working relationship with NJPW, unfortunately, because I'd love to see NJPW go to uh, AEW. But that's another huge can of worms, the Forbidden Door. Oh my. Um, I would love to see Impact. And a, you know what I'd love to see with Impact and AEW, especially after Slammiversary, after getting into this product? I would love to see AEW get some of the women, women from the AEW, from, from the Impact roster. I'm not editing this. Fuck you. I'm not editing this. From the, a, uh, from the Impact roster, I would love to see some of the Impact knockouts go over to AEW. Not permanently, because I don't want them to leave Impact, because I don't really trust AEW with the women's division. I'd love to see them go over to AEW, work in AEW, and put on some great matches with some of the wonderful talent AEW already has, because they AEW believes that they are lacking in established talent, even though we're going to talk about it a little bit more later. It's mostly bullshit. You can establish talent yourself. You have to. You're a fucking promotion. Nevertheless, would love to see that. And as an exchange for get something for a uh, uh, give something to Impact. I would love to see FTR. And um, if you don't want to expose all of your main um, tag teams to Impact, if you want to keep some of them special to AEW, fine. But throw uh, throw the Jungle Express, the Jurassic Express, into Impact. Right? Impact needs more good tag teams. They're getting more. They've got the Good Brothers now. They've got Falaba uh, and uh, TGP, TJP. They've got the Triple <laughs> XL, which, you know what? They're fun, they're fat, and they're loving it. And you know what? They're on a show with beautiful women. They're getting paid to do something other than work in a fucking warehouse or a fucking goddamn retail outlet. They're not fucking uh, cleaning floors like I am. So you know what? I have great respect for those fat dudes. You know what? Fucking awesome, bros. And, you know, they could do some cool stuff. So that's awesome. I shouldn't have gone on a rant there. I'm fat. I'm fat, and, you know, there's a little bit of self-hate there. But anyway, there's, there's XXL. There's, obviously, the North. Uh, and now there's uh, Motor City Machine Guns. There are some really good tag teams in Impact. But I think they could uh, use a, several more, uh, especially if they're well-established. So you got the Jurassic Express you could throw in there. Obviously, the old Impact... Tag teams, maybe you don't want to throw them in there, like Proud and Powerful or the Lucha Brothers. But, I mean, the way you guys are using the Lucha Brothers, whom I love, uh, AEW introduced me to the Lucha Brothers. AEW basically introduced me to wrestling, period. Okay? So, I mean, besides, you know, the obvious, uh, which I'll get into in my special episode eventually of, you know, Everyone knew who the Macho Man was and the Hulk, and some of us even watched once in a great blue moon because it was on TV, but mostly I had no idea what wrestling was. I just thought it was gross and terrible because of the WWE. Um, anyway, I've lost my train of thought. The point... <laughs> the, the, and my fucking computer's all loud now. The point is, Impact could use some more tag teams. I keep going on and on about this because interest, it interests me. And AEW could use more women. And there's a perfect opportunity there. I don't believe it's going to happen because everyone's assholes on some level when it comes to that sort of thing. But it would be really nice if they did. Impact is not a threat to AEW. Impact is just another part of the piece of the puzzle, right? For me, it's especially the women's piece of the puzzle when it comes to my overall wrestling experience. 
Um, but it's not really competition to AEW. AEW's main competition is NXT and um, WWE. And they're doing amazingly well. Let's transition right into that. All right, so last week, AEW's viewership soared. All right, it went from like 700 and like 700,000, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, seven, I got the article right here just to give me a refresher. Uh, it went from 773,000 viewers to 901 viewers last week. Now, there was something really off about not this, this week's, this last week's episode, but the week before. And we talked about that. There was something very low energy and off and the matches were not well, not um, planned well, they did, they were not executed well, whatever, I don't know, plan necessarily, and that's kind of an insult, but, um, whatever, the point is, I don't think it's just that, but the increase in, um, energy, and especially that opening six versus six tag team, because it's all a tag team match, it's all about openers to, you know, hook, uh, these weirdo, <laughs> WWE bros into watching our product. So that that opener was amazing. We talked about it last episode. Uh, really just a wonderful, wonderful show. And I really think that hooked them in. And we had, we had so many great fucking uh, matches then. We had... Uh, we had Proud and Powerful against the uh, Best Friends. We had uh, fucking Darby Allin versus... Um, John Moxley, which is one of my matches of that week, certainly it was a really good show. So they topped their. This was one of their best um, um, uh, ratings since the pandemic. It's one of their best ratings overall, nine hundred thousand and one. But what's more important than that, and what we talk about constantly, and I'm going to get into a little more in a minute here, is demos. And AW did something different this week. They actually beat. Uh, Raw in the 18 to, what is it, 18 to 39, I think, woman's demo, never happened before, they are beating SmackDown, uh, in the demos for the, uh, what is it, 18 to 49 year old, uh, kids, uh, uh, guys, males, uh, I don't know if they're beating them, but they're sometimes getting very close, or if not outright beating, I believe they are beating them in certain demos, so the point I'm trying to get at is, even though, you know, NXT did better than last week, uh, did better last week than the week before they did, you know, like, I don't remember how much it was, 20, 30,000. NXT's all right, okay? NXT's doing all right. Don't care for it. Don't like WWE. Good talent, whatever. But Raw and SmackDown, and I really don't like NXT either, but whatever. Raw and SmackDown are just garbage, but they are garbage that has been well-established. You know, I believe SmackDown's on Fox, and I believe Raw is on USA. It might be reversed, whatever. But one of them is on a major network that paid hundreds of millions and millions of dollars per, like, quarter. Like, billions of dollars, I think, ultimately, for this fucking TV show because it's on every single week. And it's content. You know, it's fresh content. And they thought they would get good ratings, especially in the young male demos, which are the most important demos. But now, this show, this little show, which costs a fraction of the amount of money for TNT to produce and to buy long-term when they re, uh, re, uh, rearranged, re-negotiated um, their contracts just before the pandemic, even, the, even though the pandemic kind of 
fucked everything up for quite a while. They're still doing so much better than expected. Uh, they expected when they started, and Meltzer has said this, to get about 400,000 views. They have consistently gotten at least 600,000, right? And that is significant. And the demos, they're destroying WWE and the demos. So that's just fucking awesome. But we come to this, and I just found this randomly as I was searching things. It's from GameSpot, so I mean, who gives a fuck, but... AEW gloating about its ratings war with WWE makes it look like WCW Jr. This is written by Chris E. Hayner, whoever the fuck that is. And here's the problem with this, okay? Here's the problem, Chris, okay? There wasn't going to be a fucking ratings war. There was no Wednesday night war until the fucking WWE decided to move their developmental show from their streaming service to the USA Network on Wednesdays at the exact same time as AEW Dynamite. Maybe you can hear a cicada in the background. I don't know. If you can, I'm sorry. They didn't have to do that. In fact, I believe, and other people are starting to believe, that if they had put NXT on a cable channel, whatever, it doesn't matter, at a different time slot, that both shows would be doing better. I mean, obviously, both shows would be doing better, but I mean, like, NXT would be doing significantly better to the point where they wouldn't have to worry so much about NXT, right? NXT, there's something about NXT that's working for them, and they should lean into that and get away from Raw and SmackDown. In fact, if I were them, I would sell the fucking brand to Disney, and I would have Disney merge all of the fucking brands into NXT, and I wouldn't even explain it. Who gives a fuck? WWE has never explained or given a fuck about anything. So who gives a fuck? But um, regardless, they created the Wednesday Night War. They instigated the Wednesday Night War. They instigated the vitriol to a, a whole different level by doing that. And they know exactly what they were doing. The very first day that AEW aired, it did over a million views. And it, was so, it, it fucking destroyed NXT. NXT had had a couple weeks, I believe, to get ready to actually be on TV. They, they premiered a couple weeks sooner than AEW to try to build up an audience on cable to fuck them over. And it didn't work. And when it didn't work, WWE released a statement that said, well, we uh, congratulate AEW on a wonderful premiere. This is a sprint. This is a marathon, not a sprint, Right. So they are implying that this is a war. They created the war. So my only point there is go fuck yourself. All right? Fuck the WWE. Fuck you. Fuck Vince McMahon. Go fucking suck a dick. But <laughs> let's, let's move right along. What else did I have for you to, tonight? Um, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this is kind of long. We're going to uh, get into the cards in just a minute, but I have to talk about the AEW Women's Division and the changing character of Brandy Rhodes, okay? And I'll, I won't make it long. I might mention the toys, too. I won't make it long, but I will get into it. All right, so I've noticed on the open, busted open, I always get that fucking wrong, busted open podcast and in, uh, I believe, another interview and then on her uh, after-match interview on the uh, YouTube tournament for the women, Brandy Rhodes' character has changed entirely. Uh, you know, for a while there, I mean, maybe it was happening on Dark, but I watched a little bit of 
her dark matches with Allie as the Nightmare Sisters, whatever. That whole story seemed to be about her conflict with Allie and wonder whethering, whether Allie is good or not, because Allie is apparently dating uh, QT. It, it makes no fucking sense. They're both married to separate people. Happily, it's, it, yeah, whatever. They should have, if it's going to be an affair, that's fine if you want to, I mean, probably stupid, but if you wanted to do that, all right, put that into the story. They didn't, they never explained anything to do with the bunny turning into Allie. They never explained fucking anything when it comes to the women's division. But, so she seemed like a baby face. And she seemed like she wanted Allie, she was afraid Allie was a heel, right? But this interview on Busted Open, uh, her statement afterwards, other statements she's made, she's going full heel. And the reason she's going, uh, I believe the reason she's going so fucking um, arrogant heel is because there are problems in the women's division and they're trying to paper them over. All right? I'm sorry. But when she repeatedly talks about how she is the only female in the toy line, which incidentally just came out, sold out everywhere, thinking about getting... Uh, one of them uh, belts to put up on my wall. I would never carry that around. I would never pay more than $30 for a fake belt. But it is tempting. Anyway, she's the only woman. Lots of tangents today. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? This is wrestling. Let's have some goddamn fun. She, <laughs> as I'm complaining, she is now talking about how she is the only woman in that toy line. In a very arrogant sort of way. She's talking about how she is like the AEW women's division. And all this is terrible. This is terrible unless we're building up to a big loss. A big loss, a humiliating loss, something that really fucks her over. Which, you know, would be good booking for the arrogant yet cowardly heel. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. I, I don't trust them to make that simple, obvious booking happen. No, I think this is just them trying to cover up for this bullshit. And I also think AEW heels or All Elite Heels, AllEliteHeels.com, just instantly becoming a thing. I know they claim that they uh, workshopped it for a month or two, doing some private Zooms or whatever, and they probably did, but I think in the back of their mind, whether consciously or not, especially announcing it this week with your tournament that's only going to be on YouTube, this is all damage control, right? This sudden change from being a hapless baby face, as far as I can tell. And again, if it wasn't dark, if it wasn't a BTE, you gotta put it on the fucking main show. I used to love those shows, that auxiliary content, especially BTE, but it's too fucking long. Make BTE 10 minutes again. Let, let Make BTE great again. It's too fucking long. I don't have time. Right? So I don't have time. It seems like she's become a heel for no fucking reason. Uh, except that that reason is they're trying to cover up. Cover up for their mistakes. And um, the one other thing, and I was going to mention this, I said this earlier, I'll mention this, we'll get into the cards and we'll leave. You can just, yes, you can just take a competent women's wrestler, and they have plenty on the roster who are not in Japan, not somewhere else. They're competent, they're not perfect, they'll make mistakes. At this point, who cares? You could take a competent wrestler, even a, a wrestler who's really not known for being a good worker, like Abaddon, who has a good, you know, look or a good gimmick, you could take them, you can pair them with Shida. You can create a feud with them. You can create a feud with Taya Conte, with Shida. You could have just hot-shotted a feud. Just keep it going for a couple weeks. We'll buy into it. Give us a, give us something, right? But the way you're doing this, you're not, you're not building feuds. You have one feud, one fucking feud between 
a fucking uh, someone who can't walk, uh, technically, um, you know, supposedly kayfabe, you know, not a shoot. And um, you have uh, uh, Big Swole, Big Swole against Britt Baker. Now, I like Britt Swole. <laughs> I like Britt Baker. I like Big Swole. I like everyone on the roster. I even like Brandy when she's used correctly. But this is fucking ridiculous booking. And if you would you suddenly care about whether a heel or a face is fighting each other? No, you've never cared about that. What's important is it's a good story and makes sense to some degree. You can make a story where Big Swole is feuding with Sheeta. You can do that, right? They did it for the last fucking pay-per-view. They built, they hot-shotted and built it up enough that I enjoyed it and liked it. A story between, uh, a feud between um, um, oh, Penelope Ford and Hikaru Shida. They could do that again, but they haven't done shit, right? The last time Hikaru Shida uh, wrestled, she wrestled Dynamonte. Again, I like Dynamonte. It wasn't a very good match, and that was like the entirety of the women's thing there. That was, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Come on, guys. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, Jack. <laughs> Let's not think about that uh, election. It's just not good enough. It's not good enough, and you could do all kinds of things with your limited roster. I watch fucking Impact. And Impact, I've been told this on the internet when I got into conversations. I, I love AEW. I'm not trying to get into massive angry arguments about how they're not booking the AEW women's division correctly. Um, people kept saying, no, 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 no. These, pe these women are not good enough. They need to work on YouTube. This is smart. This is good for the women, Right? Women would tell me this. AEW women uh, uh, fucking fans, they would tell me this. What the fuck are you talking about? That is Vince Brain bullshit. Oh, the women are not good enough. They can't be on national TV. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. You don't have to have, you know, knockouts division levels women. Talented women. And incidentally, there are, there are levels to that, that division, but mostly... You do not have to have an awesome knockouts division to put on good, decent, most important of all, whether it's good work or not, entertaining wrestling with women, women's wrestling. You don't have to have that. So it's all just horse shit. It's horse shit. It's bullshit at the very fucking least. Edit down your fucking YouTube Women's Cup, which I liked. I'm just angry and ranting. Hopefully this recording is not terrible. We'll see. <laughs> No editing. You could edit down your cup tournament on YouTube and put up a reel on your uh, national TV show, which gets, last week, almost a million viewers. And with DVR, we'll probably get 1.3 million viewers. Right? You could do that. And that would put some shine on your new women's talent, like Anna Jay, like Taya Conte, and whoever else is going to be in the next uh, bout against, incidentally, Ivelisse, and Dynamonte, who have been paired up randomly. Now, a friend of mine, I think it was Slim. I can't, no, it wasn't Slim. It was the other guy. Uh, I, I met him randomly watching AEW uh, Plus. He's a cool dude. Um, you know what? I'm just going to babble while I put in my Twitter so I can look up his name because everyone, uh, everyone in the wrestling community, everyone, period, because this is just a common trait of mankind. If I can find him, we'll see. Everyone loves getting a shout-out. And I love talking nonsense 
endlessly while I look for his goddamn name and while my computer makes lots and lots and lots and lots of noise. But anyway, uh, I'm going to keep looking for his name. Uh, but he pointed out that it is a common occurrence in wrestling that people should have fake draws. You know, I mean, and that's fine. Whatever. I don't care. Oh, there's his name. His name is um, Smash Crumpet. Hey there, Smash Crumpet. Getting a shout out. I don't agree with you that that um, having two fake random deadly ma draws in this tournament makes any sense. One, I can understand. Uh, if your presumption that Brandy and Allie are going to go to the main event and lose in a big match so that we can get over a new team, I understand that. That's great. I hope that happens. I really, truly do, and not the alternative. But with so with only, what is it? Let me see. One, two, yeah, there's only 16 people in this entire tournament. I could have looked it up, but fuck it. I've been wasting so much time. There's only 16 people in this entire tournament. You can't be doing random draws and then have two teams that are already established just be randomly paired together. I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. You do that once. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Uh, that's just me being nitpicky, I suppose. There are a great deal more things to say about the horrible booking in the women's division. But let's get right into this card because this is going on really long and may go on longer than my goddamn actual recap show. <laughs> so, the card for this week, starting tomorrow... Or uh, yeah, that is watch Impact on Axis. When, you know, watch it on Twitter or on Twitch. Watch Impact on Twitch for free tomorrow at seven Central, eight Eastern Standard Time. The card that has been announced so far is very slim, but still quite interesting. We got Eddie Edwards defending the Impact World Championship in an open challenge. We have no fucking idea who he is going to go up against. I assume. I mean, I assume it's a jobber. Unfortunately. Well, not a, not a jobber, but he's not going to lose. You know, he's not going to lose. I'm I'm doing uh, production work as I'm recording this because I am uh, not at all organized. <laughs> but um, okay, going on to the Twitter just to double check. So we got Eddie Edwards in an open challenge against someone who knows, and I think they got this idea. It's obviously an old idea, but they they got the idea most recently from AEW and uh, the TNT Championship, and I think it's a great idea. It makes Eddie Edwards' uh, uh, matches more interesting. And uh, because I'm not sold on Eddie Edwards, I think that's good. Uh, but more importantly and much more interestingly, we got two great women's matches on the show. I, I hesitated there because Kimberly <laughs> is not the best wrestler. I hear she was great on the Indies. She had a really good, interesting kind of bitchy character, but she's not been booked really great in Impact yet. I assume that's just because she's a, she's new. She just got signed. Congratulations, Kimberly. And, uh, you know, so she was like a jobber. And uh, that's part of the business. It's part of, you know, uh, what is it called? Uh, earning your keep or whatever. So whatever. But she has a tournament. She has a tournament. She has a match against Gordon, Jordan. <laughs> God damn it. She has a match against Jordan Grace. And I love Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace is up. Uh, Thick, you know, uh, strong woman, and she will suplex the shit out of you. She is Scott Steiner in woman form. She's great. I love her. Uh, this is obviously just to give Jordan Grace some wins or put some shine on her as she gets ready for emergence, where she will take on Diana Parazzo to try and regain her lost title. Then we have, my God, 
we have more than one women's tournament in this episode that's on actual TV, and even though it's a shitty TV station, an actual cable TV station, wow, my god. And, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, I didn't even notice. It's a tag team turn a, a tag team match between women on national television. Wow! Alright, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Havoc ver and, um, <laughs> I always forget how to pronounce her name. Nevai? Uh, it's heaven backwards. Nevea. Yeah, that's, I think that's it. Yeah. It's Havoc and Nevea who have a long-standing feud with, uh, Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan. And, um, I can't say that Nevaeh is the best wrestler ever, but Havoc, Tasha Steeles, and Kira Hogan are great. And I'm not—I'm nothing against Nevaeh. I just don't haven't been impressed by her yet. So that should be really good. It's on national television. It's a bunch of women wrestling. My God. And um, that's basically all they've talked about, I believe. For the uh, yeah, that's all the card they've uh, talked about. But there will obviously be. More um, Russell House segments. Ha ha <laughs> hashtag Russell House. I like Russell House. Um, and there's going to be uh, there's going to be a locker room talk uh, with uh, what's her name? Um, I can never remember her. Madison Rain, I think, is her name. Uh, everyone seems to hate her. I think she's fine. Whatever. She's going to talk with RVW RVV. Right, that's his name, right? Yeah, RVV. Yeah, uh, Rob Van Dam. I should have said that. And Katie Forbes. Um, those segments are kind of meh, but I am interested to learn more about Katie Forbes, certainly, and Rob Van Dam, so that could be interesting, and it looks like Johnny Swinger is going to be there, according to this graphic. Anyway, I like Impact, it's like a big indie, it's not a super indie, like AW, you should watch it, you can watch it for free on, uh, Twitch, twitch.com forward slash Impact. Give it a fucking try. It's good. Now let's move on to the AEW Dynamite uh, card. I am wasting so much fucking time. Um, okay, we've got Cody versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. I don't think Scorpio will win, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he did. Uh, you know, beyond women, the other thing AEW has a real problem with is black uh, 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 talent. I was... I was uh, trying to think of a better word, um, trying to be sensitive, but uh, kind of going, my, my, my words are kind of going all over the place, like I'm having a stroke, I'm sorry, um, but I don't think he's going to win, I think Cody's going to win, obviously, he's building up to something bigger than that, uh, good for Scorpio Sky, though, it's good for him to get more shine, they really need to have more shine on African-American athletes, that's the word I was trying to use. Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a $7,000 obligation match. I believe that Orange Cassidy is going to go over Jericho this time. I think he's going to win. I think it's going to humiliate Jericho, and I think there's going to be some kind of build to some kind of change and viciousness in Jericho's character. Uh, I think that because I believe that they're doing that with Santana and Ortiz. I believe they are changing their character, make them a little bit more vicious because they become so comedic and mid-card. Um, okay, then after that, we have the AEW Tag Team Titles, um, bout, uh, for the championship, I should say, uh, between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. That should be a lot of fun. I mean, I don't expect Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy to win, but that will be a lot of fun. If you want to know what I think is going to happen? I think FDR is going to beat them for the belt, and then I think the, the uh, Young Bucks are going to beat FTR for it at some later uh, pay-per-view. It's going to be great when it happens. Uh, 
Anyway, the Young Bucks versus Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. Stu Grayson and Evil Uno did so well last week that I am, I've never been more excited for one of their, um, one of their bouts, especially with the Young Bucks. They really understand tag team wrestling. If there's one thing AEW is almost perfect at, they need to book more, um, you know, minority wrestlers in better positions, but uh, one thing they are very good at is tag team wrestling. It's great. And because, and I don't know if I mentioned this, because it is Tag Team Appreciation Night, I probably didn't, like an idiot, uh, there's going to be appearances by the Rock and Roll Express, which I just saw them on Talking Shop of Mania. By the way, buy that. It's the best thing ever. I would review it, but I don't know enough about uh, wrestling history to really give it a proper review. It is still the funniest shit ever. Shop, uh, Talking Shop of Mania. They were on Rock and Roll Express was on there selling merch. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be on AEW. I just sounded like a fucking clown. They're going to be on AEW, and uh, so is Tully Blanchard, obviously, and Arn Anderson, two of the original members of the Four Horsemen. Okay, uh, the other thing that's interesting about this particular episode is FTR will have a uh, hosting role for the entire night. It was part of their fucking contract. Um, yeah, so that should be a good time. I look forward to it. Watch wrestling. Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights are wrestling. Let's have some fun. Let's argue and get angry over bullshit. And let's not think about the coming terror that is uh, politics and the breakdown of our society. You know, when electricity stops being produced, I think wrestling is going to have a resurgence as local entertainment. Just as a form of theater that men in particular can really get into. It's going to be great if we're all not dying of cholera or starvation. That's a great way to end the show. You all have a great night. I'll try to do these shows and make them a little bit shorter. This was meant to be two shows, but I waited so long, I just smashed it together. Um, thank you so much for listening to The Dirtback Sheets. This is Senor Murphsterio. You can find me on Twitter, at Leftendo. Uh, I would love to hear from you. You can go on to anchor.fm forward slash Dirtbag Sheets. And then, if you have an account with Anchor.fm, or you could make an account, it takes like a couple minutes, you can actually press the message button and leave a voice recording that I could play on the show. And I'd be happy to. I don't expect it to happen very often, maybe not for months, but I'm just getting that information out there. So, uh, there'll be a show, uh, a recap review show for Impact and AEW, probably on Thursday. Until then, you all have a great day, and please, please, be safe and enjoy wrestling. Adios.